0: Welcome to the Rob Z Radio Podcast. Broadcasting live from Launchbox, downtown Altoona, Pennsylvania. Shout out to the Clay Cup, 1304 11th Avenue in downtown Altoona at the Clay Cup on Facebook and on Instagram. Delicious coffees, teas, espressos, and every seasonal festive drink you could ever possibly want. Plus, it's a great place for creativity. It's a great hangout spot for anybody who needs a place to chill or maybe get on your MacBook or maybe just try to look important with your life. (laughs) It brings coffee and creativity together. You can do your own pottery painting. Uh, Pottery painting, she has it Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. You pick your own piece. You fire it up in the kiln. You take it home and you have your very own mug that you can drink or eat out of, whatever you want to do with it. The Clay Cup makes it possible at The Clay Cup on Facebook. And on Instagram, Trade Secrets, 1223 13th Avenue in downtown Altoona. Now, Trade Secrets at Secrets and Trade on Facebook and on Instagram makes their very own products in-house. They're all-natural body care products like creamy sugar scrubs, bath bombs, all-natural lip balms, moisturizing body lotions. The awesome part of the whole thing is they make it in-house. You can see it being made behind the counter. And coming up on November 18th from 10 until 3, Trade Secrets will be hosting a multi vendor holiday shopping event at the UVA Club in Altoona. That's Trade Secrets, downtown Altoona. And our third sponsor is Juice. That's J O O S, downtown Holidaysburg, Pennsylvania, 517 Allegheny Street in Holidaysburg, at The Juice Bar on Facebook. J O O S, The Juice Bar. Cold pressed juice and smoothies. Smoothie bowls and bone broth, all fresh, all made in house, all handmade. And she's trying to make our area healthier, which I absolutely love. Her name is Jen Robin. She'll be on the next podcast, actually, if you want to listen to that one. She's awesome. Uh, She has hot soups, raw vegan baked goods. She used to be a health insurance provider. She would sell health insurance. And then she realized, why not just make people healthy myself through my products, which I think is absolutely brilliant. And that's what Jen does at Juice, J-O-O-S, 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg. Uh, these are local sponsors to central Pennsylvania because that's where I'm from. And I'm still looking for more sponsors on the podcast. Whether you're from the area or you're out of the area, message me on Facebook, Rob Z Radio, or Twitter, Rob Z Yo, and we can talk. One, two, three,
1: this is Rob Z Radio.
0: So this is an interesting episode. This is with a man who worked for a newspaper called the Altoona Mir, which is my hometown, Altoona, Pennsylvania. For 52 years, he wrote stories for the Altoona Mir. For 52 years! His name is Phil Ray. Phil Ray is a very interesting man and I brought him in here because recently there's a show Mindhunter, which is on Netflix, directed by David Fincher. Uh, one of my favorite directors, one of the best directors, I think, of of this generation, talking about movies like Fight Club and Seven. Yeah, Seven, Gone Girl, classic. I love that movie. The Social Network, Zodiac, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. He's made so many awesome movies, and Mindhunter is an awesome show that he now has on Netflix. If you haven't checked the show out yet, check it out. But one of the coolest parts is living in a, I was born in a small town. Sorry to get a little cougar on you, but it was necessary because he focuses on our small town of Altoona, Pennsylvania. Now, if you're from any small town in the country or in the world, you understand, like, there's some history to your town. There's some secrets that people may not know about. And there's some dark secrets. They may not know about. One of those secrets for Altoona, Pennsylvania is the murder of 22-year-old Beverly Jean Shaw back in 1979. This is important because it was a very gruesome murder, a mutilation kind of murder. She was an innocent babysitter. Everybody said how sweet she was, but she was murdered in the woods. Why was she murdered in the woods by her boyfriend? That's what Mindhunter covers. Now, Mindhunter was a show that started, I think it was from what Phil says in this episode, in 1977, the FBI started psychological profiling on serial killers, or on people who may be serial killers uh, who maybe have killed one person, but it was a very gruesome kind of murder. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, And Mindhunter focuses, because this murder case happened in 1979, it focuses on this case for a couple of episodes, starting in episode 5 of the latest season of Mindhunter. So I had a chance to talk to Phil Ray, who wrote the story and covered the story and found out all the information, all of the dirt on this story, back in 1979. And when it resurfaced for this episode of Mindhunter in 2017, they brought him back in, to recover it again. I got this man who has such a history in our area and is so knowledgeable of things that have happened in our area and of this murder in particular. I have him on the podcast, wasting no more time. Without further ado, let's talk to Mr. Phil Ray and see what this is all about broadcasting live from the Launchbox Studios downtown Altoona, Pennsylvania. This is a very cool episode because I've been excited about this one since I found out about this episode of Mindhunter. So Mindhunter is a show on Netflix. You can watch it right now if you have a subscription or if you're stealing somebody else's password, you can watch it that way too. <laughs> but uh, this season, which is David Fincher, if anybody knows about David Fincher, one of the best like cult directors in the industry, and um, the show is amazing. In episode five there's a murder of 22-year-old Beverly Jean Shaw from Altoona, Pennsylvania. And uh, this was just in the Altoona Mirror. Was, there was just a, a big article about it, and a lot of people have been talking about this. And I'm lucky enough to have Phil Ray with me in the studio. Phil, thank you for being here.
1: Well, it's good to be here, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: very awesome to have yeah. you here. First time on audio, never been on the microphone before, so no, this is exciting. Tr- that's true. <laughs> so 52 years in the business, mm-hmm. is the I get to be the first. <laughs> I feel...
1: Well, I mean, I've appeared on some television shows in the past, but uh, never radio. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what's your history with the Altoona Mir? You started when?
1: I started in uh, 1965, and uh, uh, I started in November 1965, so another week I'll have 52 years. Uh, I'm sort of retired right now, but I go into the office a great deal and continue my writing, which, uh, you know, I enjoy doing. I cover the federal courts. And the uh, state appeals courts oh okay. that's what I've been doing for the last 16, 17 months.
0: So when it's something that you love to do even mm-hmm. once you're retired you still go back and keep doing it Oh yeah
1: and, <laughs> and you know being around the mirror staff and everything you know <laughs> yeah that keeps you young yeah it keeps you vibrant right <laughs> yeah, yeah that's for sure plus you're in
0: I think it's yeah. cool that I mean, going back to 65 you probably know so much about this city the, oh. the, the history you've gone through with the area and anybody who mm-hmm. doesn't live in the area because this podcast can be listened yeah. to anybody all over the world. Um, the, the cool part is it's Altoona, Pennsylvania. Uh, the Altoona mirror has been around. When did the mirror first open? Do you know?
1: Oh, I, the mirror is about 135 years old. Wow. Okay. Some, yeah. So it's been around for a long, long time. And, uh, I feel sort of privileged to have worked for it, you know, yeah. for, uh, uh, a great percentage of that time. <laughs>
0: Now, this show, Mindhunter, it's focusing on a murder that happened in 1979. Do you know why they chose this murder? Mm. What was the... What made it stand out to them? They made this the, uh, the concept of about three episodes of the show, right?
1: Well, Mindhunter is the, uh, uh, is a show about the development of psychological profiling mm. in uh, uh, by uh, an FBI agent by the name of John Douglas. Okay. And... Uh, he developed, he tried to develop uh, profiles of, of uh, individuals that commit violent murders like serial killers. And, and uh, 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 what he tried to do was uh, give police departments some head up when, it, when you come across one of these very strange cases that uh, you may be able to pick out a suspect okay. based on a criminal profile this was very new back in um back in 1979 i think um john douglas started with the fbi in 1977 so okay his development of these profiles uh was very new and uh, our local district attorney uh, contacted dale fry who was a resident uh fbi agent that serves altoona that served altoona and uh, uh fry fry referred referred uh, the district attorney to uh uh this criminal profiling unit uh, down in Quantico and uh that's the way they uh, they obviously studied the case and that's what this that's what minehunter is all about mm-hmm. the the gathering of facts by these uh, FBI agents the the uh uh, development of a profile.
0: So, this show is kind of shaping the way that we profile people today. Like, yes, it's kind of yeah. built up throughout the years to where. Yeah, well, like I'm,
1: a, I'm sure it's very, very sophisticated today. At yes. this point, yeah. But back in 79, yeah. probably
0: very rudimentary compared yeah. to what we have now.
1: Yeah, I would think so, yeah. But, it, but, but uh, this FBI agent had studied all these um, um, crazy killers, you know, like uh, John Gacy from. Uh, uh, Illinois, who yeah. had bodies in the basement, uh, uh, James Earl Ray, you know, uh, a violent killer of Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, um, he studied all these people and tried to understand them. Mm-hmm. You know, why do they do stuff like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, not just toss them in jail, but figure out what's what's the motive. Like, yeah. where does it come yeah. from?
1: Why why uh, why does somebody commit a murder like this? And that was the case here. The victim in this case was um, uh, extremely mutilated. Uh, it was uh, would you say grotesque? Gr- yeah, grotesque. <laughs> I mean, it was, and, I, and I won't even go into the details.
0: Yeah, if you want the details, uh, you can probably watch the show or look it up online. Well, You'll they, find Well, they, the they info. won't
1: even have the details on the show. They yeah. they, they sort of depict some brutal uh, brutality. Right. But uh, you you can't really talk about this stuff over the air. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's that Um, dark. Yeah, it's very dark. And that's that's
0: what sparked them to bring the FBI in to try out this new... Because it was such a strange murder.
1: Yeah, very, very brutal. Uh, In fact, I remember being with a state police officer in the Logan Township Police Department. And he said, why would anybody do this? What type of person would do something like this (laughs) to a young girl? Yeah. And... uh, uh, that's that's what they were trying to answer. They were trying to get some clues as to who the suspect may be. Now they uh, they started off right away focusing on the boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, Charles Soult. and he he eventually was the guy they arrested and so forth. But they had to they had to get uh, not only the profile on the on the killer of this girl, but they had to uh, uh, get the proof to take it into court. Right, and that's what um, District Attorney Oliver Mattis, in the story I wrote, indicated that uh, uh, they really needed a confession from somebody, mm-hmm. and they finally got it from uh, his brother and his sister,
0: because they had take, given her a ride up yeah, to the Wapsie. Yeah, they, they right? were they Off were South South North there North when
1: all this occurred. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, they even helped him dispose of the body. He he, he they. Placed the body uh, up by uh, an old railroad bed on Wapsanatic Mountain Road, mm-hmm. and then they came and they moved it to a uh, makeshift dump along uh, what's called Skyline Drive, the top okay. of the, t- the top of the mountain there.
0: Yeah, if you're from from the area, I'm sure you know where yeah. Wapsie is. Yeah. Skyline Drive connects Wapsie to the Buckhorn. Yes, right. They, they tied the right. two it's together. Just
1: it's straight across the top of the mountain. Yeah. Um, one of the things that the profiler said was the, was this individual who did this would keep returning to the scene or would, would keep visiting her grave uh-huh. and <laughs> darned if he didn't. They, in fact, the police were up there the day they found the body and up drives Charles sold his sister. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know whether his brother was there that day, but anyway, uh, they were asking, have, "Have you seen my girlfriend anywhere?" <laughs> and that right away said, in their minds, the police are saying, "Why on earth would somebody be checking the top of the mountain for a missing girlfriend?" Yeah. <laughs> why? <know>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they had some idea where that girlfriend was. So, what's
0: the reason for coming back to the to the place of the murder? Like, why would they? Why? Well, well, especially I, the... I
1: understand. I understand th- that. In this guy's mind, he wanted the body found. Oh, right. Now, I don't know Th- he the didn't... psychology behind that, yeah. because that, that was probably explained. I didn't get to—I have not read the entire profile, so I don't know what reason they might give. Maybe he—she he, was separating from him, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what made him angry, mm-hmm. <laughs> and— uh, Possibly, he just wanted her ex- uh, to humiliate her in front of the whole world. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and
0: he tied his his brother and his sister into it. Is that right? Who? who? Well,
1: hi, no, no. His brother and sister were never arrested for the murder. Okay. They, uh, I, the brother uh, was found to be incompetent, and he was never he was never through the court system. Oh, okay. Uh, I think the sister did. Uh, plead to uh, very minor charges.
0: Okay, so the sister had given she, h- he had given the two of them a ride up to Wapsie, right? The, the, and then the, he had walked with her on the trail, and that's where the murder happened. Yeah,
1: that that's the way I understand it.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. so she didn't necessarily know what was happening; she just happened to be driving them. Well, when the her, whole thing
1: happened, he he uh, the the. Th- Three of them picked her up after her babysitting job that night. She was a, a right. babysitter; that's what she did uh, for a living, I guess. Um, and they, uh, uh, d- uh, Charles was upset with her. He yeah. was all over. He was, uh, I guess, punching her in the car. <sighs> um, they got up to the to the um, old railroad bed, and they Charles got out and apparently walked with her into the woods and then the sister came wondering where he was and there she was lying unconscious and then he pulled out a knife and uh, uh, st- uh, stuff like that yeah, And you the, know.
0: the sister was there for the whole thing like she was
1: no no she uh... according to her testimony she became ill turned and ran back to the car <laughs> she didn't know what he was doing and i think the the brother also, he, he had given a statement at one point, um, like he was just standing there in shock <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. at what his brother doing.
0: I would imagine. <laughs> I, would, I would hope so, right? Or, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you probably are frozen from shock and astonishment and fear and everything mm-hmm. all tied together. You can't believe what you're yeah. seeing. Now, your years of working uh, stories yeah. for Altoona, I mean, this has not happened many times and as far as like local murders and those sorts of things. Is this one of the worst stories we have from our that happened in our area? I mean like uh, we were talking about like the Sifford story and stuff like that, but that happened from people yeah. in our area but outside of the area, but no, as far as like murders in our areas,
1: no one? no, we've had some really terrible violent murders okay uh, there was a a few years ago uh, uh two girls took another girl essentially kidnapped her and uh uh you know murdered on, her uh, on on a mountain uh, near Tyrone okay and uh, then set her body on fire and uh, yeah, there have been there have been several awful awful murders around here there's no doubt about that we had that serial killer Jeff Doherty yeah that uh, uh, committed two murders and uh, four robberies in just a couple of days and his visiting of Altoona mm mm-hmm. uh
0: And that was that back in the 70s as well?
1: That was around the same time as uh, Charles Soult. Okay. And uh, then we had uh, several uh, organized crime-related murders that uh, uh, were fairly violent also.
0: Around that same time. So before we started the podcast, you were telling me, and I didn't know this, that in the 70s, -hmm. especially late 70s, there was a lot of organized crime in the area. 70s, early 80s, yes. Stemming from Pittsburgh. So... Was well, this no, a situation, like, with this murder? What, it was one of the affiliates of the of Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh uh, mob, or how did that yeah, work? Yeah, the,
1: uh, um, um, the the Pittsburgh organization had had uh, soldiers throughout western Pennsylvania, yeah. So yeah. when
0: this all happened, did they think that was tied into the mob somehow? Like, what was the... Back in the day, if you can remember, like, what was the uh, immediate response? Um, uh,
1: The... You, they actually arrested the, uh, um, uh, the wrong person oh, okay. for one of these murders. And the jury found it, well, the guy not guilty. But uh, uh, eventually the police began to work out the fact that uh, there was an organization committing these crimes. <laughs> and uh, it took five years and a grand jury wow. to uh, finally bust that organization up. When did, so, I, when
0: did that all happen?
1: Uh, the uh, grand jury, I think, met like 82, 83. Okay. The trials, the ensuing trials were in 84, 85.
0: And they were all found guilty at, at that yes, point in time. Yes. Um, so you were saying, like, the way the, the show depicts... So, so the show starts out with a, with a big mm-hmm. sign of Altoona, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So you know where you're at mm-hmm. when it begins. You know where you're supposed to be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying the way it... One of the issues you had was it didn't quite depict our law enforcement as top-notch, the way they should be depicted, I guess. Yeah,
1: right. I mean, uh, they uh, uh, first of all, they they had an Altoona police patrol officer going around with these FBI guys. The the, uh, real investigation was carried out by the Logan Township Police. Okay. Um, I know Charles Soul was from Altoona. In fact, he lived down on Fourth Street, uh, n- near the hospital there. Okay. But um, uh, he uh, he uh, what do I want to say? He Logan Township conducted the investigation. They were the lead uh, guy by the name of Howard Horton. Detective Howard Horton was the lead investigator, and in they. And he was assisted by the uh, state police, uh, very experienced investigators, uh, by Edward Potmeyer and Barry Biedolspach and Robert Long, and uh, these guys, uh, you know, carried out the investigation. Uh, they didn't; uh, they tried not to violate Charles Soul's rights, mm-hmm. uh, but they were trying to get a confession out of somebody as to really what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, they finally did.
0: Who did they get the confession from?
1: I, th- I believe the uh, the sister came forward. Okay. Hmm.
0: So they had not even had the FBI involved at that point. Like, Logan Township was handling it. And then they had to bring in, at some point, well, the FBI. Well, no, the, the,
1: the, the state police, yeah, the, the FBI FBI wasn't here in the beginning. Yeah. But uh, the um, um, state police were on it right away. And, of course, they were, were assisted by the Altoona police also. I mean, Altoona... Uh, also helped them.
0: <laughs> it's just interesting to me. Like whenever you see any show, they always show the local police department as just bumbling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was it, Barney Fye? What's yeah. the old What's the <laughs> old show? Or is yeah, they,
1: Keystone Cops? Uh, yeah, they have uh, no idea
0: what they're doing. Not, the, n-
1: I was, you know, I have great respect for our police back then. <laughs> well, I still do uh, to,
0: to this day. That that's, yeah. that seems to be something something that uh, throughout the years. Mm-hmm. That You see a lot of that happening mm-hmm. today, talking yeah. about police departments, the police force, no respect mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's gone back, I mean, it, it's worse now maybe mm-hmm. than it was back then. But this depiction, mm-hmm. it is it is a little bit alarming and it kind of bothers me too because like, mm-hmm. these are people who... You know, I, I, you owe a lot of people owe their life to them. They're out there working for you every single day and and to not show them respect. And I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. I've never had a bad run in with with law enforcement, but if you have, Mm -hmm. you might have a different opinion. Um, but it's always kind of bothered me that they get such a bad rap, like they have. I couldn't imagine the stress they have in their jobs on a day to oh, day basis. Yeah. Seeing things like this, yeah, you know, dealing with things with children and just the terrible situations that happen to people, yeah that's got a weigh on you. and I, people need to respect that whether they're, mm-hmm. uh, whether they've had a good or bad experience.
1: Well, I mean uh, in the Salt case, they uh, they were surveilling him all day, all night. They were surveilling the family. When the family would go somewhere, the police would be behind them. Uh, they were watching the house and so forth. They were trying to uh, figure a way uh, to uh, to pinpoint the suspect in this case.
0: Was this before or after they were up on Skyline Drive and the family oh, showed this up? this was after. This yeah. was after. Yeah. So yeah. that happened and they they drove away. Yeah. They right, didn't arrest anybody I mean, right then. Right away
1: they began to suspect. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, <they> something. <laughs> yeah, they began to... Uh, and then when they got the profile, um, uh, it sort of led to Charles.
0: <laughs> now, going back to, to your day of writing this, um, how directly involved were mm-hmm. you? I mean, were you pretty heavily involved well, in the my, whole case?
1: My, myself and... Uh, uh, back then, we had a crime reporter by the name of Ralph Barry. Okay. And, yeah, we, um, we were... Fairly well on top of the case. I mean, there were there was uh, many many stories written about the case. <laughs> uh, so uh, I covered the trial. Eventually mm-hmm. covered the trial. He was sentenced to murder, and then the uh, murder to, or sentenced to uh, death yeah. for first degree murder. And then later, uh, the judge threw out the murder or the first degree. Why is that? Finding. What was the reason? Uh, uh, the Supreme Court had toughened up some of the uh, aggravating circumstances that uh, uh, that would lead a jury to sentence somebody to death. Uh, they uh, they uh, uh, I guess tossed out some of the uh, aggravating circumstances, and, which
0: seems bizarre because it's such a yeah, gruesome murder. You yeah, think that
1: they would, but just. Uh, it, it, what happened? They, the the uh, uh, the jury's finding didn't conform to the law anymore, as far as the death penalty goes. I got you. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, so things have changed over the so years. So the-
1: Charles Sold is now down in Huntington serving life.
0: He's still there to this day. Yeah. what? probably in his... 64 years old. 64 years old, still Mm -hmm. there.
1: That's According to the uh, state inmate case locator. Right. (laughs) That's Yeah. That's where we think he is. Yeah, right. Let's hope he's there.
0: (laughs) So, like, as far as, like, his record for his family, like, there was no other instances of this. There was no other, like, charges or, you know, any sort of criminal activity going on. This was just a case of jealousy, of rage, and of anger, of yeah. just losing his girl. and
1: As far as I know, yeah. Wow. That's I so mean, that's what it was all about.
0: <laughs> isn't it strange? Like, you have the serial killers. I mean, obviously, everything mm-hmm. bad that people do, it stems from something. But you have, like like you said, the John Wayne Gacy's of the world, um, mm-hmm. who seemingly have no reason to do what they do. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, there is a psychological reason. But the yeah. m- the, the victims don't really tie-in mm-hmm. but then a situation like this obviously you had there's a reasoning for it it wasn't mm-hmm. like this guy was a serial killer mm-hmm. but he had i guess the tendencies of being one under mm-hmm. the right or wrong circumstances
1: well i mean uh, i in- interviewed one officer for this story that said that uh, uh a psychologist predicted that this guy would be violent into his dotage <laughs> into his old age. Okay. I mean that. So even whether before, or not that would be true uh, is anybody's guess. But was this
0: even before, like psychologists, yeah. before the murders happened? Yeah. So mm. they predicted this early on, and they kind of ignored it, right? They kind of ignored those signs.
1: No, 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 no. With, they didn't know about him before. They didn't know. Oh, okay. This was as the result of the profile. And I got it. Okay. Yeah. They um, they predicted that uh, he would be like this. Uh, this violent rage, whatever is inside him, yeah, uh, into his uh, older years.
0: It just depended on what brought it out of him. Yeah. So that's and his family, like I mean, uh, they're probably still in the area, right? Imagine. I really don't know. Uh, I would. I would. I mean, some some form of the family would probably still be around here, yeah. some way, shape, or form. Um,
1: well, I mean, his, his uh, mother would probably be deceased now. I mean, she was. Yeah. Fairly old back
0: then. <laughs> <laughs> How old was he at the time? She, she was, was 22, Beverly she was, uh,
1: He was either 25 or 26.
0: Okay. Hmm. And what about his brother and sister? Were they around the same age? Yeah,
1: around the
0: same age. You would just think, I, I don't know, I, I always think about when you hear stories like this, especially when it's so close to home, like you know yeah. the area and you know what it looks like to go hmm. to the places where they were at. Hmm. I can't imagine, and everybody's different, every family's different, but like driving your... Your your brother around with his girlfriend and he's yeah. hitting her in the car and like yeah. what like,
1: I I, I mean the sister testified at his trial and and uh, she was very upset by this yeah and the the district attorney did who uh, was uh, Oliver Mattis at, uh, who finally brought the charges uh, didn't think that uh, she was involved in in the murder. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. She just didn't fit that.
1: Well, you know, her, her story made sense, and, and it was all Charles that, that uh, went wild that night. <laughs>
0: did he confess? No, he, he never, never confessed. He
1: never did. Wow.
0: And the, the, the... I,
1: I wouldn't mind interviewing him if he you know he would. What confess But the story today? he he concocted some story about uh, um, about somebody else. Oh, okay. That he had seen somebody else with her and uh, committed a murder or something like that. (laughs) Wow. Even as the sister and the
0: brother saw (laughs) what had happened, he was still trying to cover it up. You know, in those situations, it's like that—the the blind rage. Maybe he almost did feel like he didn't do it because he was mm-hmm. so like an out-of-body well, experience. That but. could
1: be. You'd have to <laughs> right. contact a psychologist yeah. on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Diving a little too deep for how, your expertise. How, he, how could he live with himself? Yes. Over yeah. the years, did he ever admit to himself that he did this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just to be able to live with yourself—that's yeah. the—that's the real issue. So maybe lie to yourself, mm. so you can kind
1: of—he's had many years though to think it over. I can—it's yeah. hard to believe. It's been th- 38 years since since that incident.
0: When this popped back up, what did you think?
1: Oh my goodness, I I, <laughs> I was stunned. I really was. You know, but sat down and watched Mine Hunter and said, the one the other thing was this Mine Hunter was filmed in. Uh, East Pittsburgh. Yeah. And Katanning. And Katanning, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Not even... That's always the case.
1: You know, why wouldn't they do it here in Altoona? Well, Groundhog
0: Day wasn't filmed at Punxsutawney. It was in Illinois. (laughs) Like, that makes any sense. (laughs) Yeah, I guess
1: you're right. They don't want to stir up the local population. (laughs) Yeah, right. It would be
0: fun, I guess. But then you're bringing up... You're opening old wounds and stuff. Mm, I I don't know. But you're releasing the show. You're still opening the old wounds either way. Yeah. Uh, Any word from her family? Beverly Jean Shaw's family. Like, they... I'm sure, I mean, obviously, they were probably incredibly distraught. Um, mm. But after after this has all happened, has there been you, anything? You
1: know, I uh, she had uh, a couple siblings in the area. I, I haven't heard from any of them. <laughs> I don't know. They don't probably don't want to
0: yeah it's like the opening the old wounds thing I always wonder about when you bring up an old case like this obviously mm -hmm. the family it's a true Mm -hmm. story the family's still out there so Mm -hmm. it probably it hurts them to to have this all brought back up
1: and I I don't necessarily like the way uh, Mindhunter depicted her uh, in this story I'm I'm not going to go into detail but uh, uh, the way I understand it she was a wonderful wonderful uh, young woman Mm -hmm. and that's I'm quoting Oliver Mattis on that uh, I'm quoting, uh, well, I actually went through the old stories that I wrote. I didn't even know. I couldn't even remember writing the story. Mm-hmm. But myself and Ralph Berry had written the story, a profile of her, and uh, an absolutely uh, wonderful young lady. <laughs> and uh, how the two of them ever got together.
0: <laughs> yeah, the good girl's always like the bad guy's yeah, kind of thing. I, I mean, uh, who knows? But, uh...
1: Uh, District Attorney Mattis said that she was like a... A person who would go out and uh, pick up a wounded bird on the street and take it home and heal it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he said, "You know, maybe that is the nut of the whole thing." You know, the, yeah, trying the, to fix somebody, trying to fix somebody, yeah,
0: trying to fix somebody that's unfixable that, 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 or yeah. it's not your <laughs> <Yeah>. place to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I could definitely see that because that that would that would fit the profile, yeah. I guess, right? Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Either, I mean, his
1: anger was in internal. I mean it, it was just uh, uh something that came out. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether he even knew he could do something like that.
0: <laughs> right, which is why he may have thought that he didn't do it yeah. because he wasn't <laughs> even know he didn't know he was even capable of it. Mm-hmm. Um So, uh, as your years, you know, obviously, thank you for the years of working for the Mirror and spreading stories. When you said your name, I was like, oh, Phil, I've seen that name a million Mm -hmm. times in the paper, Phil Ray. (laughs) I'm here with, like, a a local local legend. Well, we wouldn't go
1: that far, but (laughs) (laughs) just an old guy still trying to do some writing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's important because I I think there's a lot of people uh, Mm -hmm. who who probably through the years have learned a lot Mm -hmm. from you, right? I mean... uh, Mm. Uh, the stories
1: I would hope you know they read my articles (laughs) how many articles
0: do you think you've written if you could uh, lump them together Uh, I don't know 50,000
1: probably somewhere around there yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty cool Phil well anything else you want to throw in
1: no not really (laughs) okay go
0: watch the show check out Mindhunter I'm gonna yeah
1: maybe somebody else will have a different opinion of this show than I had Uh, but I I I did want to clarify the record it was uh, some very good investigators. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the whole uh, investigation was led by Logan Township, uh, and a uh, a, a wise cracking, uh, very funny, humorous detective, who had a very good way of talking to people. You know, he he would yeah <laughs> he, uh, he could get people to talk. To. <laughs> Who was that? Can you say his name? Yeah, I, I did already. Oh. Howard Horton. Howard Horton. Yeah.
0: Had a good way of getting things out of people. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. got to be a skill in itself.
1: And uh, he, he solved other homicides you know, okay. over, over the years. I know that. And
0: that's something you were saying as well. So trying yeah. to legitimize the area's law enforcement. Oh, they yeah. Had how many murders over the years? I mean, there was many <laughs> cases they'd covered.
1: Yeah. And they uh, usually do a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah.
0: they had tracked down. Who, who was the killer that went they killed here and then...
1: Oh, Jeff Daugherty? Jeff Daugherty. His his mother had lived in Altoona, and he decided to visit here with his girlfriend. uh, But he he had uh, killed people, I think, all across the United States, really.
0: But it was people from Altoona, (laughs) Pennsylvania that brought him down. Yeah, they they Mm.
1: tracked him down. And I did a story that uh, actually won an award (laughs) on that investigation, yeah.
0: What year Uh, was that in?
1: Hmm, boy... That the, it was this after one? everything was over. You oh, know? Okay. So probably that was the late 80s.
0: Oh, okay. When did the murders happen? Was that...
1: Uh, 76, okay. 77, somewhere in there. <laughs>
0: interesting. That, yeah. That's an interesting time for the area. I didn't realize the, mm-hmm. the, the, the mob ties that were going on in yeah. the area and that sort of stuff. We like have that. so
1: much uh, crime today uh, dealing with drugs and stuff like that. And, and drugs were a problem, but... Uh, uh, these were a lot of very unusual murders around it the, and there's a lot of unsolved murders at that time uh, yeah so that well was like they're a... still unsolved yeah but I mean that's when they happened like yeah. in that time period mm-hmm.
0: wow and you were saying there was like shackles of the feet the bottom of the the yeah. reservoir and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: well, he found one victim in a reservoir. That's uh, classic mob yeah.
0: mob stuff. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, that's, that's some stuff about the city. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I hate to, I'm not trying to disparage Altoona, Pennsylvania in any way. It's just interesting to learn about the history of the city. Mm-hmm. I've lived here my whole life, uh-huh. and I, th- I think that uh, there's a lot of things you don't know about the place that you grew up in, You know, and I yeah, don't want to focus yeah, on the bad parts, true. but it's but it's also, I guess, focusing on the good parts, focusing on the, the good law enforcement that we have in the area, and we have mm-hmm. in the area, mm-hmm. and, and trying to put a positive light on the good things they did, and bringing yeah. people to justice. Yeah. So that's...
1: It's, it shows the thin blue line is very thin it, sometimes. It <laughs> most certainly it is. is. If it wasn't there we would all be victims.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: And nobody would know about it if it wasn't for you, Phil. So well, thanks. Okay. <laughs> thanks for coming in today. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Phil Ray from the Altoon Amir. Pretty interesting, right? Makes you want to go and watch the show. It's a David Fincher show, so trust me, Mindhunter, you're going to want to check it out. But it was cool to have a guy on with so much history and so much knowledge of, of as to what has happened in the past here. In our own our own city and uh, just any small town across America, we all have our deep, dark secrets. We all have those secrets that we don't want to let out. And there is no secret, though, that I run a social media marketing agency. If your business is looking for social media marketing uh, in a different way, having fun with it, making videos, really showing off your business online, not just making stupid posts for you on a day-to-day basis. That's my sell for it. All right? we're, we're doing things unconventionally, taking it out of the norm, taking it from... What people think social media should be and making it so it works for you, so it makes money for your business. If you want more information, you can message me on Facebook and Instagram, Rob Z Radio. Twitter is Rob Z Yo. Got a shout out to the sponsors, to the Clay Cup. Thank you very much to Sarah Vogel at the Clay Cup on Facebook and Instagram. You can call her at 201 2608. Downtown Altoona, Pennsylvania. Uh, You can go there for the Pottery Painting Hours, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 1 to close. Shout out to Trade Secrets at Secrets in Trade. And that is on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure that you check out Trade Secrets if you're looking for products that are all natural, that don't have any added chemicals, that are good for your body. Trade Secrets is the spot. You can call her at 814-505-6942. It's 1223 13th Avenue in Altoona. And my new sponsor, Juice, on the podcast, Jay. OOS located at 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg. Listen to the next episode on the podcast. That is with Jen Robin, who was the owner and creator of Juice. She went from being a health care insurance provider to running her own spot that helps people get healthy. So she saw the fate of our country <laughs> in the healthcare industry. I'm paraphrasing, right? But That was kind of the idea, and she figured she had to do something personally about it. That's where juice came from. You can find her at The Juice Bar on Facebook, J-O-O-S. Cold-pressed juice and smoothies, smoothie bowls and bone broth, all made fresh to order in the house. Make sure you check that Facebook page for specials, hot soups, raw vegan baked goods. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for being a part of the show. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd like to build a relationship with you. (laughs) I'm not trying to be creepy right now. I'm being honest. You can always send me a message, Facebook and Instagram, Rob Z Radio. Let me know why you listen. Let me know what you're into. You can find me on Twitter and uh, Snapchat, Rob Z Yo. And also you can always leave a voicemail on the show, which I just might play on the show, 814-799-0064. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Rob Z Radio podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. I love this. It's a work of passion. I'll talk to you next time. (laughs)
1: That's brutal